Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Tuesday, the 10th of May, and not a particularly nice day in store for us today. But as usual, this is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas, or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website where you can find lots of wonderfulness from Marcus Today. Or you can, of course, Pause the slideshow here and read the disclaimer on this briefing. All right, well, another ugly night in the U.S. The combination, of course, of uh, federal speak, uh, Fed Reserve speak from a number of uh, the Fed heads uh, talking about the aggressiveness of the Fed. Also, of course, worries about inflation, worries about higher interest rates, worries about China slowdown, worries about worries. And liquidity, importantly, does seem to be drying up in the U.S., so... In a void, uh, sellers only too happy to take the initiative and push the market down uh, aggressively. Dow Jones falling uh, 1.99%, 654 points to 32,246. The Nasdaq fell 4.29%, 521 points to 11,623. The S&P 500 in the middle for diddle, not much consolation though, down 3.2%. 132 points to 3,991, breaking below that 4,000 psychological level. The only thing that was up last night was the VIX index, which was up 5 points, 15.1%, 35 as people pile into hedges on the CBOE. Against all this negativity, we are in store we have in store another nasty day for the Australian market. The SPY futures down 99 points or 1.39%, 7,003. So not good news there. And NABs also, I think, are ex-dividend today, adding to the negativity. Not huge amounts, but uh, just something to take a few points off the index even before you start. Commodities as well got bashed over the head last night. We did see the oil price unwind considerably. The Brent crude price was down 5.7%, $6.45 to 105.94. That's still $106 US a barrel. Now, given that we're being told that global growth is falling off a cliff due to the inflation and the fact that central banks around the world are putting interest rates up and China is slowing down because of their zero COVID policy, it does seem strange that Brent crude is still $106 a barrel. There could be some more downside to come there, especially if everything else gets sold off so much. The uh, commodity traders will look at something that hasn't been sold off quite so much and hit that one as well. So we could well see the oil price come off, which would be good for inflation because that is one of the driving forces at the moment of those inflationary pressures, whether that's through the pump prices for um, gas, as they call it in the US, petrol as we call it in the civilized world, or whether it is through fertilizer prices feeding into the food chain and the transportation costs involved in online and e-commerce. Gold down $24.20. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide for the gold price. Last night, 1.29% lower. 18.58 spot 6.0. The iron ore price similarly affected and afflicted down 4.66%. $6.45, With the Aussie dollar coming under some considerable pressure again, 69.48, Aussie is always seen as a bit of a China proxy 
it's easier to trade and of course we are dependent very much on China's uh, buying of our raw materials so that Aussie under 70 cents uh, certainly helps a little bit buffer the falls in commodity prices but it probably won't be enough 69.48 commodity prices generally are pretty weak across the board as you would expect with this route continuing in all asset classes at the moment copper was down 1.9% nickel down 6.4 aluminium down 2.9 zinc down 4.3 lead down 3.2 and ton down 6.4% not good news there as a result of all this we did see BHP down 5.6% in ADR terms. Rio down 4.5%. Freeport McMoran down 6.2%. Alcoa down 11.2%. Tech down 9.5%. Anglo 5.4%. Glencore nearly 6%. Vale down nearly 6%. And Arbamal in the lithium space finally succumbing to that selling pressure down 8.6%. So no good news there. We even saw coal come off 6% as well so nothing particularly exciting for resource stocks will get which will get bashed again today here's the s&p 500 overnight as you can see 3.2 percent down it tried a modest kind of pickup at the close but really unfortunately no conviction there at all and closing pretty much on its lows we saw the likes of apple down 3.3 meta down 3.7 tesla down 9.1, Netflix 4.4% down, Block, the artist formerly known as Square, 12.8% easier, US banks also falling, we had Citigroup down 3.4 and Bank of America down 2.9, Twitter down nearly 3.7% and uh, we saw some of the car stocks, the car manufacturers uh, General Motors down 3.3 and GE down 6.7%. So a route across the board, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Here you can see the major stories. The stock's sinking to a 13-month low. That U.S. yield curve is steepening. Bitcoin unraveling, and we're now down 50% from its peak with a drop below 31,000. Uh, of course, Bitcoin was seen as the great saviour, the great hedge. Turns out it's just another tech stock after all. And Goldman's and the rest of Wall Street are souring on the S&P 500. Funnily enough, the S&P 500 is souring on Goldman's and the rest of Wall Street at the moment. So tit for tat. According to sources, Biden is planning a major speech tonight to address inflation. Ah, hello inflation. That's where you've been hiding. Short-term Treasury yields on track to reach 2018 highs ahead of U.S. CPI data later this week. Treasury auctions and latest Fed commentary. And a couple of Fed heads last night pushing back against arguments Fed is behind the curb. Wooler and Bullard both talking about the Fed and interest rate increases. The ECB's REN says central banks should hike interest rates in July to avoid rising inflation expectations from becoming entrenched. And another ECB man, Holzman, suggests two to three rate hikes this year, I'd say at a minimum. And the Bank of Japan March meeting minutes show policymakers remain unwavering on their resolve over easy policy stance. It's worked for 30 years. Why change it now? The G7 to phase out Russian oil, although we are seeing some pushback in the EU on Russian oil sanctions, with both Hungary and Slovakia pushing back on those sanctions, making it a little bit Mr. Floppy in terms of those sanctions against Russian oil. Shanghai and Beijing tightening restrictions as authorities reaffirm commitment to zero COVID policy. 
and export growth in China slowed in April, while imports unchanged as tighter and wider COVID-19 curb curbs trade activity. What to expect today? We've got first quarter retail sales volumes. We've got the NAB business survey as well. Conditions and confidence. Those big falls in the U.S. tech stocks, Tesla 9.1, Amazon 5.1, and the New York Stock Exchange FANG index was down 5.5%. Rivian Automotive fell more than 20%. The selling restrictions on Ford and Amazon, which were some early investors in Rivian, have expired, no longer escrowed from selling their stocks. No respite in Europe either. We saw the stocks 50 fall 2.8%. FTSE down 2.3%, very much mining and oil focused, the FTSE. The CACs down 2.8% and the DAX down 2.2%. The stock 600, which is a big European index, shed 2.9%, touched its lowest since March 8, with travel and leisure stocks falling 6%. As an interesting aside, I was watching CNBC when Steve Sedgwick, my old mucker from the options market in London, was talking about British Airways, which were cancelling hundreds of flights because they couldn't get the staff. They sacked 9,000 people uh, during COVID. This was despite being given money by the government to furlough workers. They got rid of 9,000 people. Now they can't get the staff back, and they're trying to hire 6,000 people back so they can get the flights back on track. Talk about epic mismanagement. Anyway, 10-year yields in the US, 3.03, Australia, 3.56, Germany, 1.09, and China's Sino Steel Corp signing <coughs> excuse me, a $690 million US contract to exploit iron ore mines in southern Cameroon. It will produce a $10 million tons a year with 33% ore content. This is significant because it is another step in China trying to break the stranglehold that Brazil and Australia have on the iron ore market. And Ramsey Healthcare, Oz Super, was dropped out of the plan to help out KKR, the barbarians at the gate. They were interested in the company's property assets. And if you didn't notice already, Simic have finished trading on the Australian Stock Exchange. Their last day was last Friday, after 60 years as a listed company. Question of the day today, how low will we go? How low will the ASX go? Um, certainly at the moment there doesn't seem to be too many catalysts for a uh, for support. So how low will the ASX go? Of course, we're following the US, and the US sneezes. We've catched caught COVID. So how low will the ASX 200 go? Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. Love to have your thoughts, ideas, and insights over there as usual. It's a great group. Members helping members is our motto of the group, and it's a very well behaved and a fantastic source of information. We of course have three other podcasts in our series, the Market Strategy Podcast, whether that's the morning meeting, the On The Desk Podcast, where the team in Melbourne talk about things that interest them, and my On The Couch Podcast, where I talk to CEOs and fund managers about their companies and their investment style. This week I'm catching up with James Hawkins from L1 Capital Catalyst Fund, which has been doing pretty well, and James is a pretty savvy investor, a pretty savvy fund manager, and looking forward to spending half an hour or so with him uh, running through the Catalyst Fund, how it works, what he looks for and how he invests his money. So that's all to look forward to this weekend. But that's about it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. I hope it's not too bad out there for you, but the trading gods be with you. And uh, let's see how we go today.